The Burrito Radio Show is brought to you by 2B1 Entertainment. Have you ever wondered how the pedicab industry got started? You know the guys and gals that travel people around town? Well, purchase the book Pedicab Hearsay, available on Amazon.com, both electronic and hard copy. Get the stories today. Elena Favreau. The next time you're in the La Mesa Village, stop by Sacred Sun, only 200 feet from the historic train museum. Our address is 8239 La Mesa Boulevard, and we are open from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., Tuesdays through Saturdays. Call us at 619-467-7073 for more details. Sacred Sun, Essentials for Life Balance. This is 2B1 Energy, and we're back with another edition of the Burrito Radio Show. And we expect a really good, I want to say, exciting, interesting show as we have one of the infamous people here in San Diego, all of San Diego County. It goes by John the Sageman. Uh, John the Sageman, welcome to the Burrito Radio Show. Thank you, my brother. Good to be here. Nice. Okay, so... Um, We've been going back and forth. Actually, we've known each other since, uh, what, 2004? No, 2000, no, before that, 2002, right? 2001? Something like that, yep. Yeah, so two, we go back We go back a long way, me and this person right here. is a fantastic poet, great individual, a super, what I call a human spiritual being, and uh, I'm, I'm so excited to have him here on the Burrito Radio Show. So, um, We've been going back and forth uh, timing-wise and trying to get him on the show. We finally found the time to get him on the show. And so uh, do us a favor, even though I know you uh, quite a bit, let the audience know who you are. Please give a little background about yourself. <clears throat> well, I grew up in Maryland, <clears throat> in Baltimore. In 1990, I came out to California. So uh, I attended uh, SDSU, uh, graduated with a bachelor's in psychology. Then I went on and got an associate degree in drug and alcohol counseling. Uh, I guess about 1995, I started attending the San Diego full moon drum circles down at Black's Beach, the infamous, infamous, uh, beautiful 20 year run we had, amazing spiritual journey. It's still going, right? On the full moon, right? But not at Black's Beach. Correct, correct. Now we're at uh, Paradise Point. Right, we're gonna we're gonna get to that in a little bit. That's that's an interesting thing that you brought up. Uh, what else have you accomplished? I know you're like a, a story for poet out here in San Diego, probably actually beyond San Diego. Well, I've been blessed to uh, taken part in a lot of different uh, 
ceremonies and experiences and multicultural kind of events. And that led me to um, an interest in First Nation ceremony that's generally known as Sweat Lodge. So I joined some communities and um, started participating in those ceremonies. And I was taught how to harvest uh, a medicinal plant called white sage. And from there, uh, I started bringing that to the drum circles and sharing it with people. (coughs) Excuse me. And then after about five years uh, in 2000, I was taught how to, to... to wrap the sage in, in what's known as bundles or smudge sticks. And then organically, I started bringing that around to different stores and going to um, street fairs and farmers markets. So I started wrapping that down in Ocean Beach at a place called The Wall, right by the beach in 2000. And around that time, I started distributing the the sage bundles at uh, the Ocean Beach Farmer's Market on Wednesdays. So I've continued to do that for, it's been 21 years now. And and uh, it's been a real blessing. Uh, I've met met some interesting people during that time period, huh? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's given me, it's provided me a lot of freedom in movement and my own schedule and um yeah yeah i just it's, well, it's, let me get let me get let me get let me move back a little bit prior to the to the sage i met you on a poetry thing right after 9 11. a bunch of people were like panicking after 9 11 uh in uh, 2001 and both of us came up on the poetry scene and you started doing the poetry and i was like amazed by your poetry poetry actually um where did you uh, find inspiration prior to to 2001 or was it 2001 that sprung the words that you needed to say well i've kind of always been fascinated with words and rhyming and music and i just love uh the meter and the rhyme so I had a thesaurus when I was maybe in high school and I used to study how to say different words. And then the way my mind works, I would just gradually try to rhyme those words. And I started writing down uh, rhyming poems probably in well, in the very early 90s, when I first came out to... Um, not as a rapper, though. Not as a rapper, just as a poet. Just as a poet. And when I was in high school in my senior year, we had we had a, a, a yearly artistic journal that came out. It was called The Troubadour. And I remember I got a couple poems in, in that journal, and I, was, I got to read them in front of people. And it was kind of scary brought up some fear of public speaking, but it was also kind of exciting because I got a lot of good feedback from it. But I never took it anywhere, really. And 
I just started having notebooks and, and would and get inspired at times and, and usually late at night. And uh, I would just uh, write down some poems and started doing the poetry readings. And that's where so, we and met. This is the early 90s. What high school did you go to? Oh, I went to Falston High School in Harford County, Maryland. Okay, so and you graduated from there? Yeah, yeah, I graduated in 1985. Yep. So what brought out all this poetry, all this, all the words? Was it because of the way society is in, in, in that part of Maryland? Well, I think it's a mixture of things. I've, I've kind of been like a, kind of like a feeling introvert, kind of like a um, introspective person and who is interested in world cultures and world religions. So I started studying like uh, India, like the Hinduism and, and, and um, the spiritual teachers. And from there, I think that kind of broadened my, my mind on spirituality. And I've always been interested in like life and death and time and change and the cycles that we go through as human beings. And okay, so now let's take it back, okay? Let's, I mean, let's move forward, actually. I'm going to say that. Let's move forward to September 11th in 2001. Okay, pretty much a lot of people remember where they were at when the, when the planes hit the, hit the tower. Where were you during that time? Oh, I was staying at a friend's house downtown. San Diego? Uh, yeah, on 13th Street by 13th and Market. And I remember specifically because I was volunteering. I was doing my internship for my AODS at City College, which which is the Alcohol and Drug Studies program. So I had finished my classes and I was just volunteering so I could be certified as like a drug and alcohol counselor. So I was at the, what was it called? On Island Street, it was a... H and I, I was at the hospitals and institutions, which is like a detox place for for addicts. So I was there in the morning, and I saw it on TV, and I just couldn't believe it. Did it change your vibration about your poetry, or did it? I mean, were you already? Uh, I mean, like you know, did you have a premonition that something like this is going to happen? Well, at that time. Um, that was actually just a few months before I had published my first chapbook of, of poems. And I had written those poems, some of them years and years before, but I finally put together a little booklet um, and that's called The Center of Circles. And that was my first one in December of 2001. So, and I'm not sure if- yeah, I don't know if the if the 9/11 inspired me to get that book together, but um, but yeah, I'd already written a lot of those poems, but that was definitely a pivotal time and a creative time in my life. Right, we're gonna take a short break with John the Sage Man, y'all here on the Breeder Radio Show. Uh, we're gonna actually get uh, get him hopefully to recite one or two of his poems during this podcast. Uh, once again, this is 2B1 Energy, your host for the Burrito Radio Show. We'll be back in a short moment. 
Yo, 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 this is Bun the Poet and you know it, and you listening to the Burrito Radio Show. For over 100 years, San Diego Shade has been covering windows all over San Diego County. Whether you want roller shades, cellular shades, shutters, you're looking for an automated awning to go over your patio, you want some exterior roller shades to block the sun out, we're the company to go to. We're located conveniently in Miramar area at 7354 Trade Street. You can reach us on the phone at 619-287-8863. You can also check out our website at sandiegoshade.com. I look forward to covering your windows soon. Two B One has a game called None Is Perfect Billiards. It is a game based on points, stroke play, pretty much. Uh, you get to find out what your score would be in comparison to the pros. It's one of the better games that's out there, and it's new and fresh for the 21st century. If you'd like to be on the players list or participate in one of the games or videos, contact None Is Perfect Billiards at nipbilliards at gmail.com. Get on the players list and take part in the fun today. So I got a poem for y'all, and this is uh, this came to me uh, like four in the morning, and I just woke up and I just wrote it down. And um, it's kind of a universal poem. And four in the morning, but when though? When? When was four in the morning? When? Like how uh, long? This was like in 2016. 
four in the morning at 2016. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's called Matakwe uh, Asin, which is Lakota for all my relations. So I added a little to the poem, but I, I basically wrote it in like five minutes. But what was special about this poem is that it incorporates like nine different spiritual traditions. So um, it's been a blessing. It's one of my favorite poems, but I got it um, actually published in the annual San Diego Arts and Poets book that we have. It comes out every year. And my man, uh, Sun Yoga, who's an artist and a DJ, he put it to music. So I have like a CD of my poems, put the music. Where can people find a CD at? Um, it's on Spotify. I've got to look into that and get back to you with that. But yeah, he, he, um, he played it at Utopia Festival a couple years in a row. And so it's one of my favorite poems, but I'd like to share it. And it's called Matakwe Asin, which is, again, is Lakota for all my relations. Greetings. In Lakesh, namaste, from a place where the heart knows the way. I might say assalam or shalom, or may peace be with you, welcome home. Hallelujah, or God bless my friend, for inshallah I follow no trend. Proclaim you, metakwe asin, seal a prayer with aho and amen. Yet I feel more than mere words can say. Peace is here. Let the heart show the way. And then the music drops and it's just, uh, yeah, and it's exquisite beat that he put together. Nice, so, man, nice, nice. Uh, so, so that's okay, so let's, take, let's, oh, let's take it Let's take it from 9-11, right? So you get to 9-11 and, and we meet, you're doing all this po fantastic poetry writing sage and life is moving along um how did you uh were able to get your pump your poems into these uh magazines i mean like you know what what what's what's what do you think that people dig about your poems really you know want it to be published and you know for people to hear it well i think it's it's easy to listen to because it rhymes and they're generally short poems. And I think the message is, is universal. So I think it's kind of easy for people to digest something that's short and that rhymes and that maybe resonates with them on a certain topic. Right. So in other words, it's, it, it's, uh, I guess it correlates with some other people's lives. Yeah, that's that's the intention. That's that's the um, that's my my want is when I write a. Do you poem feel like you had a hard life? Do you feel like it's been a hard road life, kind of like you know, like challenging for your own personal. Well, I think it's been up and down. I was blessed um, growing up. I had a great childhood, and and in the same vein. I, I carry um, a particular wound that I've done a lot of work around um, by of being adopted. So I was adopted at four months old. So 
I had never knew my my blood nationality or ethnicity. I was just told by my adopted parents um, that I had um, some Native American and Irish and and um, but I had a really wonderful childhood overall. My parents got divorced when I was 11. And um, so I didn't grow up in like foster care or anything like that. But um, so, so have, have you ever met your real parents at all, ever? I did find them. Yeah. When I was in my 30s, I found my biological parents and uh, realized that I had uh, siblings, half siblings, because right. they got they got uh, they were never married and they went on to get married and uh, have kids of their own. So, so yeah, it's been a wonderful uh, kind of journey and to put the pieces back into my puzzle. But a part of me, you know, kind of felt growing up, like, where do I belong? You know, I knew my parents loved me and they were very good people. So, what, and, okay, you're confusing me. You're talking about your adopted parents. Yeah, yeah. When I say my parents, that's what I, that's what I mean. Is my, my parents, the only parents I knew that raised me. Right, right, right. Yeah. So and, uh, did they ever have any other kids or oh. um they my my adopted parents they adopted a a, a daughter when I was 7. So I have a, a a sister also. Yeah. Okay, so during this time of the season, I know uh it gets kind of rough for these kind of situations. So do you uh look at it as like a during like, uh, I guess family sessions, not just holidays like Christmas. I'm talking about family sessions. Do you find it like kind of unusual that you don't really have, I guess, that family kind of connection or do you still have it? It's just not too often. Well, the parents, have, my parents have raised me. They have both passed. And um, my biological family, they're from Ohio. So, yeah, I, I keep in touch with them. You know, we'll talk on the holidays. Um, and uh, I have a, a half-brother who, who lives in Arizona who we keep in touch. And uh, he's the only one I haven't seen personally yet. But I met my other two half-brothers on my mother's side. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, San Diego is like home. I'm, I'm where I live now. I'm on the property of a, of a sister friend of mine who I've known for 20 years. So she's like family. Her kids are like my family. Now here, uh, here's, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to stop you there. The reason why is because I know your family, your family are the people that you drum with uh, in accordance to like a lot of other people probably in your situation that's searching for that close knit on a regular basis, more so than just every so often. Uh, how long have you been drumming? Yeah, well, true that. You know, I do have a drumming family, and I started drumming at um, in 95. And I just started hanging out at the drum circles and just loving it. And then eventually I got my own drum. And, um, yeah, it would come religiously. We would We would drum every Sunday at the park, and we're still drumming at the park. At Balboa and, Park, right? Yeah, Balboa Park on the west side. Uh, we just moved up the hill a little ways. But back in like 95, we would start at like noon. And back then, it was a, a big 
big event. It's like a hundred people every week and 50 to a hundred people. And now, what, what do you think, that, what do you think is, I guess, the nostalgia of, of learning the certain rhythms of the, on the, on the djembe, for example, because there's different type of hands, but let's say for, what do you think the, 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 the turn on is? Well, I think for the same reason that a lot of people just love music, just how it, how it, the places that it takes them. And for me, I love the polyrhythms of the djembe. And there's a lot of different instruments, but I mean, as a kid, the teacher, I remember being in like elementary school and the teacher telling me, John, stop banging on the desk because I would be drumming on the desk. So I think it's kind of in my blood to, and it's, uh, it's very therapeutic, the rhythms and playing with your friends, people you've known for years. You know, it's, for me, it's like a spiritual experience. So it's, do you it's, feel connected to your Native American heritage? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And growing up adopted and not really knowing like my roots, I always kind of identified as a universal, like a universal man, you know, I, I always identified with the underdog. And I was always like one of the, the, the smallest kids in my class, too. So, you know, I had to sometimes scrap to get to get that respect, you know, so I always felt like you know well, do, it's okay okay you brought it up so do us a favor describe your physical your physical makeup oh you mean long hair hippie i mean like you know yeah, how tall are you oh, i'm five five and you, you weigh what about 140 about 150 150 yeah. and uh you're not you're not out of shape by, by any means at the same time you're not like you're not like a bodybuilder you're just a you know, it's like you say you stay in decent shape, right? Oh man, that hurts, man. Sweet man, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm comparing to you like to the MMA guys, okay? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, no, I'm not a gym rat or anything. But I did join the 24 hour fitness man because I miss ever since this COVID BS. I okay, hold on. Before we go, hold on. Stop right there. Before we go into that, we're going to get into that our last segment uh, and talk about a little bit about today's politics. Um, we're, we're here with John the Sage, man, a legendary poet. He has a lot of poetry. Real quick, tell them where they can find your poetry at uh, before we go on break. Uh, you can contact me at Yeshua1367 at yahoo.com. That's lowercase y-e-s-h-u-a-1367 at yahoo.com. Okay, this is 2B1 Energy. We're going to take a short pause for the cause, y'all. Give us some shout-outs to some people that help support the Burrito Radio. Show. 
having troubles with your electronic products, including your cell phone, or maybe it's your laptop. Well, the Nerd Repair Center, located on El Cajon Boulevard, can help you out. Give them a call at 619-363-4210. They're located at 3829 El Cajon Boulevard. Their hours of operation are Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Hey, yo, what up, Jay? Tell me a minute. I ain't seen you in a bit, boy. How you been? I'm good, Dre. How about yourself? Man, I'm fly, but I tell you what, man. You show these lace down with this apparel, man. Where you get this from? Hey, man, it's that Cash Cow Drip, and you already know. But you can go ahead and go to my Instagram page at Cash Cow FP. Go ahead and get the drip. Man, I'm with it. Slap. Hi, this is Marcos Carvajal. I'm the author from Behind the Stick. I wrote a book about uh, growing up addicted to gambling and playing cool and hustling. And uh, you can find this book on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And I wrote this story to explain to you uh, how uh, the addiction to gambling can lead to uh, other things other than just playing cool and what, what your pitfalls and strongholds are. So I wrote this mainly for my children, but I hope you can enjoy this book. Thank you. So for those of you that just want to get out, stretch, uh, take a quick smoke, uh, there's some restroom facilities you can use, uh, also some vending machines. Once again, we will depart at 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock, this bus will be departing. Montgomery. Okay, welcome back to the Burrito Radio Show. This is your host, To Be One Energy. And uh, we have John the Sage, man, uh, born in Baltimore, but actually uh, spent most of the majority of his life here in California. He's been pulling out Sage and actually uh, uh, helping out people. Do me a favor. Um, you mentioned in your bio that you traveled around the world. Explain a little bit of, of your world travels. Okay, well, I just remember being in college and taking some uh, classes on Hinduism and, and India and falling in love with the sitar and the Hindu culture. So back in 98, well, first of all, in 97, I traveled with uh, a good friend that I, I grew up with in Maryland. He came out here to live with me. So I, I would say in 96 and 97, over a year and a half time, we spent about five months going all over Mexico and down to the pyramids and the Yucatan and, and had a great time and, and picked up some Spanish and um, met some well, people. You experienced life a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So pretty much immersed in the in the culture for like five and a half months, and he wound up. No, uh, no. What's the politics like down there? What's the politics like? Uh, it's a lot more free down there. I mean, generally the culture is is Catholic, um, 
but as far as what's going on in the world right now, they're a lot more free in a lot more ways than than America is. But before we go into that, what uh, do you know? What tribe your actual ancestors come from? Uh, I'm the Algonquin part, Algonquin, which is um, a, a nation of tribes on the further east in the U.S. And, and over there, like near Maryland, right? Yeah, I think it's more a little a little west of Maryland, but the tribe that I was told is a uh, Powhatan, Powhatan. Powhatan. But. I was uh, not just interested in like First Nation people, but I was really interested in like Hinduism. And so um, after we got back from Mexico and he wound up marrying one of the, his Mexican girlfriend that we had, he met down there. So I was best man at his wedding. I came back to California and then I took off for India so I've been to India a few times and traveled all over there and Southeast What Asia. part of India? You know, India is a pretty big country. Yeah, well, I started in like Kashmir uh, before like the Taliban and, and all that were, were big on the news. Um, and then I went down to Kerala. So the top to the bottom, I mean, I, I, I took long three-day train rides, you know, everything in India happens slower. Right, right. So I traveled a lot in India and spent probably most of the time, I spent about a year there. So, so on a scale of, let's say, one to 13, in your spirituality, as far as inside you, what would you give it? Meaning 13 would be the highest spirituality, one would be the most, less spiritual. How spiritual are you? Well, I think my focus has been around just the awareness that we're all spirits having a physical experience and, and not physical beings that occasionally have a spiritual experience, but we're souls in a body. So that's kind of been in the back of my mind. Um, but I must admit that currently I'm not doing uh, any kind of daily kind of practices that that I used to have those disciplines before I used to meditate daily and journal and um, and uh, yeah I've lived in ash I've stayed in ashrams and I've been very very fortunate to be in included in ceremonies that have been around before the time of Jesus you know like the Kumbh Mela so that was in 2001 that was actually 20 years ago I was initiated and adopted um, by Naga Sadhus and stayed with them and then went to my teacher's ashram. I was given a name and a mantra and I marched into the Ganges rivers on the high holy days. And, you know, I was, I was very immersed into like praying to Shiva and smoking chillums and <laughs> the whole lifestyle. Really okay, so so okay, so <laughs> now let's fast forward all the way to two, two, 2020. 2020, right? Yeah. And there was a lot of things that happened in 2020 that became what I call, I guess, uh, 
some people just call it the reset. But definitely there was a factor, a faction of making a change in something in everybody's lives. What's your take on March of 2020 in the United States when everything went on shut down? Oh, my take is, man, that I'm see-foo and, and most of the world is see-through. And most of the world has been co-opted and brainwashed to fearing what they see on the television. And they all been programmed to live in fear of being around other people and breathing the air and you know, many people have succumbed to this shame muzzle, this uh, ritual of, of covering your natural breath. And I think it's sad. And, and I've been through the whole gamut of emotions, bro, of, of uh, anger, sadness, frustration. You know, I, I feel I started feeling very angry at people that would consider put, putting in these experimental injections and just taking them just because some pharmaceutical company or Bill Gates said you should do it. And I started kind of with that righteous kind of anger. And now it's more of a kind of concern for people that I know. I'm, I'm hoping that they stay safe. And now for, for me, for now, it's more about gathering the tribe of like-minded people who are uh, about freedom, freedom of choice. So I'm not mad at someone that, that's been living in fear and decided to walk around outside or drive by themselves in their car wearing a mask or whatever. I let them live their life, but or if they want to take 10 jabs in the arm, that's fine. But for me, anyone- but As that, long as it's a choice, right? Not, not yeah. where it's mandatory, right? Yes, anyone that's supporting these vaccine passports, these mandates that wants to uh, develop a two-tiered society of like a caste system, like separate us and them. It's And it's like what, what happened during the Jews in the World War II, where they had to wear a yellow star. Now they want you to present your Vax papers. And so I'm completely opposed to anyone that is for these digital passports because this is a globalist agenda and I've studied it thoroughly. And so- Do you consider that to be the beast? Well, I consider the technology that is in the jab uh, to contain uh, 666, which is graphene. So if anybody does their research, and you're not going to hear this on CNN or, or mainstream news, but if you go to BitChute or you go to Telegram, go to BitChute and type in graphene, and you'll see hundreds and hundreds of references and videos. So graphene is carbon-based, and it's actually on the chemical uh on the the chart it is 666 it's six protons six neutrons and six electrons so that is what's literally being injected into people so i think we're in the times that were actually written about thousands of years ago 
And I think that's the playbook for these elite globalists that want to get rid of a lot of people on this planet. And as crazy as that sounds, for some people that don't do their homework, you know, this stuff is etched in stone. You can look up the Georgia Guidestones and, and, and it says, the first thing it says is maintain a population of 500 million or less. So they want to get rid of a lot of people. They want to sterilize people. They want to inject our kids with this uh, uh, mRNA uh, spike protein, this ex this this vial of unknown substance that is still in a clinical trial until 2023, of which our children are not at risk of. So I'm very passionate about saving the kids. You know, we as adults, you and I. Um, we have conscious choice and we should no make our own choice based on informed consent. And th the fact is that they're very secretive. These pharmaceutical companies, they're not giving us uh, the information and they're uh, censoring the debate. And so it's very concerning. And I'm, I'm mostly concerned for the children. So I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, uh, I kind of like don't really know that much about the politics, about everything that's going on. But what I do know is about uh, certain things such as the human anatomies, like the central nervous system. I did some studying on that and I feel like there are things like the central nervous system and the temporal artery and the things that each uh, person's own DNA can handle. I gave an analogy of peanuts, of somebody being allergic to peanuts and another person not. And so a person doesn't know what's going to happen when they put it to their body. It's hard to know what anything's going to happen. Nothing is consistent. And that's the problem with what I, I, as well as, you know, you should have the freedom of choice. You should have the freedom to say, I don't want none of that in my body or instead of some mandatory. Yeah, like we've had, uh, hydroxychloroquine, we had ivermectin, we've had other therapeutics that are known to be effective. So why has that, why has that, you know, um, put under the rug? Why aren't we talking about health? Why did we shut down the gyms, but we left open the liquor stores? You know, why we worship, <laughs> but we left open, you know, the adult bookstores and, uh, so what I'm saying, what I'm saying is there's there, you know, I'm not a religious person at all, but I've, I've read the Bible, I've read the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita, I've read a lot in my life. And there are certain pertinent things that's happening in today's world that was actually written about in the New Testament. And, you know, one thing they talk about is specifically is it says, by thy pharmakia, all the nations were deceived and for me this whole covid thing which is like a flu it's it, it is the great deception because it's a worldwide government overreach to take away our freedoms we've never locked down healthy people and closed their businesses and handed over the greatest wealth transfer to these billionaires while mom and pop stores have to close down so what, here's the, here's the question though. What is the solution finish. there? Well, John me, the Sageman, what is the solution? Well, let me finish because pharmacia 
is a Greek word that means sorcery and magic spells. So by thy pharmakia, that's pharmacy. That's these pharmaceutical giants, okay, that don't care about you or I. So they're 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 harming a lot of people's genetics. So when you know about genetics, you know that we have innate natural immunity, which is strong, and our Creator gave us a way to fight illness. And what they're doing is they are hacking our sacred genome and our DNA with these spike proteins and this mRNA technology. I mean, I, I don't know about. I, like I said, I, I don't know that much about that part. Yeah, I mean, but I understand. Uh, but I mean, like the solution. Said, I'm not, I mean, like to me, like I can't, I can't get that deep into it because I have to live my life. I can't. You know Everybody. In the it. meantime, in the meantime, what do you have currently going on right now, there, John Stage Man? Uh, you have you do a a, a weekly uh, event, right? Yes, yes, I do a weekly um, talking circle, and that's been going on like five months, and that's in Ocean Beach on Mondays. And that's what time is that? That's at six o'clock. And we're in Ocean Beach. Well, we were meeting on the grass where we drum on Wednesdays, the same place. But now that it's more winter time and the and the time change, we've moved indoors. So it's kind of a closed circle. I don't want to give uh, the. I got you. Yeah. I, I come around, come around Ocean Beach. You'll find out where it's. Yeah, yeah, you can come and meet me on Wednesday down at the drum circle and. Will vet you and talk you see where your head because <laughs> it's not for it's not for everybody but it's called Freedom Forum and we talk about freedom we talk about how how everyone's life has been impacted since this whole uh, psyop has happened man and and see some and I and I respect what you're saying that you don't know about it but some of us have done our due diligence and we've studied what the experts are saying besides pharma funded Fauci. And Bill Gates, and we do know some things about what's going on on this global agenda, and so we talk about that every week. And yeah, it's it's. Uh, I just got a chance to meet um, some people this this weekend for for a freedom event. So I get to go to these events for for the first responders, for the firefighters, and the teachers, and the police officers and the people on the front lines and I've been going to rallies and I've been speaking at uh, county board of supervisors meeting um, I was fortunate to be in a documentary called we the people been speaking at school board meetings so I would say mostly my passion is for education and to protect the children the innocent children who are now being forced to take these injectables that we don't have the long-term safety studies on. So I, I don't know if they're being forced. I don't know that. I mean, like, you know, I don't know if they're being forced, but I understand they're being maybe like, uh, uh, like, uh, you know, advertised, you know, like, well, go to school and, uh, yeah, they're, 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 they're pushing it. So, you know, if you want to go to school, you got to get the jab. And yeah. even these tests are are not healthy. Yeah. So you can, in other words, if you you can do homeschooling, don't have to worry about. It. 
Exactly. And I think right. that's a beautiful thing. Uh, I, I think that's a lot more parents are going to be homeschooling their kids. And I, I totally support that. Well, like I said, I, I don't know, man. I, 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 I'm uh, what I call um, a, like a musician, game person, like, like the great game. In the meantime, we'd like to thank John the Sage Man for joining us here on the Burrito Radio Show. He's a, a what I call an icon, legendary person out here. Uh, you can find a Sage mostly on Wednesdays down at Ocean Beach. Uh, they're pretty affordable. It's not too expensive. And according to a Legend, what does Sage actually do? Well, Sage is a cleansing herb. And the First Nation people... They intuitively known that just like all indigenous cultures know their relationship with the plant medicine. So sage actually kills bacteria in the air when you burn it. So and, and the scent, the aroma is also very calming, meditative. You can take the leaves and uh, you can steam the, the plant and, and breathe that in. You can use the leaves uh, on your teeth and gums. It's an antibiotic. So there's a lot of uses for the sage. And okay, we have so much respect, much respect for John the Sage Man. You know where to find him. Once again, this is the Burrito Radio Show. Uh, we would like to make sure that you just keep on staying tuned. Uh, remember that Maturation Soul is an event band looking for some gigs. If you want to reach them, you can reach Maturation Soul at M-S-O-L for life at gmail.com to hire them out to play at your next event. Um, this is 2B1 Energy and our message is it's still one motion. So ride the wave of life. The Burrito Radio Show brings you a new program titled Boxing is Life brought to you by the fictional character Baba Zande for entertainment purposes only. Hi, this is Terry from Amethyst Moon. We're located at 8329 La Mesa Boulevard in the middle of the village. Our phone number is 619-464-MOON. Please give us a call if you have any questions. We have new store hours this week, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Tuesday through Saturday. We hope to see you soon in the village. It's still one motion, so ride the wave of life.